So we're doing a little series called The Believer's Advantage, and last week we talked about that the name of Jesus gives us a great advantage over anything and everything that may come our way. For the name of the Lord is our strong tower, and the name of Jesus is above every name. And there's coming a day that every knee is going to bow, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's been given a name above every name in heaven, earth, and in hell. Aren't you glad that the name of Jesus belongs to the body of Christ? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow the believing ones. And then he goes on to say, in my name, in my name, and in my name. And so as we operate and function in faith in the name of Jesus, the Lord will work with you and he will confirm his word with signs following. Is that right? So all the authority and all the power that was in Jesus is in his name. And again, he gave his name to the church. I want us to look at Acts, the third chapter, if you will, this morning. You see, the early believers in the book of Acts really knew what they had. In Acts chapter 3, in verses 1 through 9, we notice Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. They say that's about 3 p.m. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried... When they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms, it entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. See, Peter knew what he had. He walked with Jesus. He heard Jesus. And so he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Glory to God. Don't you know he could not sit still? Don't you know he had a praise in his heart? I mean, he was lame from his mother's womb, but he came into connection with the name which is above every name. He came into a place where he stood up and walked and leaped and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and... He was praising God. He was praising God. And all of the people around him observed that he was praising God. But back to this thought, Peter had something. He knew what he had. He heard what Jesus said in John 14. And notice with me in verse 13 and 14, the master said this, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I did a little study on that yesterday, and I looked up the word ask in the Greek, and one of the meanings for the word ask in the Greek is require. Jesus is saying, if you will require anything in my name, I will do it. In other words, I will back you up. And then I looked in the dictionary. You know, a dictionary can be a good place to look. And I looked at the word require. And another word for the word require is demand. One writer said this, the word ask here means to demand. And so what Jesus was saying, whatsoever you shall demand in my name, I will do it. Now, it would be very foolish of us to demand anything of God. Because God has already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We don't demand anything of God. We receive from God. We get in the word and we receive from God. I believe what this is saying is this. He's talking about using the name of Jesus against the enemy in our daily life. Demanding him to take his hands off of our money. Demanding him to take his hands off of our body. Demanding him to take his hands off of our children. Demanding him to take his hands off the political scene, the social scene, and the economic scene of our nation. Demanding power, commanding power in the name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Oppression is a name. And oppression is subject to the name of Jesus. Discouragement is a name. And it's subject to the name above every name. So when oppression comes, and hopelessness comes, and discouragement comes to your soul, demand that it pack up its bags and cease in its maneuvers against your life. And so we have that right to demand him to desist in his maneuvers. Say, whatever I shall demand as my rights and privileges, God backs me up. Now, there's no way that you can demand your rights and privileges if you don't know what they are. A lot of Christians don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know where they are in Christ. The scripture talks about that the people of God are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that the people of God go into captivity because they have no knowledge. And when we're talking about knowledge here, we're not talking about head knowledge. We're talking about revelation knowledge. Knowledge that is revealed to your spirit, to your inner man. And when the knowledge of God is revealed to your inner man, oh, glory to God, watch out, devil, watch out, because God is moving in me and through me for his glory. And so a lot of people have this attitude, oh, woe is me. You know, the enemy's just taking over everything. No, he's not. He's not taking over you. He's not taking over me. He's not taking over the Bay Area. He's not taking over the United States of America. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. 
the woe is me attitude is not New Testament Christianity. New Testament Christianity is greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. New Testament Christianity is meant you are more than conquerors through him that loved you. New Testament Christianity is you're an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. You are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so Peter, he knew he had the name. Peter had the name. We have the name. And the name of Jesus is just the same today as it was in Acts chapter 3. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to read you something out of Brother Hagin's book on the name of Jesus. This is from Charles Spurgeon's notes. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher from 1834 to 1892. And he was called to an elderly woman's home who was about to die because she was suffering of malnutrition. She was about to leave her body. And when Spurgeon went to her home, he saw a document, beautiful document that was framed on her wall. And he says, is this yours? And she went on to explain that she had worked as a maid in the household of some of the English nobility. And before lady so-and-so died, the woman said, she gave it to me and I saved it for nearly half of a century. And she says, I'm so very proud of it because she gave it to me. I had it framed and it's been hanging there on my wall for 10 years. Mr. Spurgeon asked her, why would you, would you allow me to take this and have it examined more closely? She said, oh yes, the woman said. And she said, just sure, make sure you get it back. Spurgeon took it to the authorities and they had been looking for it. It was a bequest or an inheritance. The English nobleman had left her made a home and money. The elderly woman lived in a little one-room house built out of wooden boxes and was starving to death. Yet she had hanging on the wall a document that authorized her to be well taken care of and live in a fine house for the rest of her life. It was gaining interest. She could have partaken of that years and years early if she had just had known. Friends, the truth will set you free. If we could just know the truth and find the truth and not leave the document sitting on our coffee table. Come on, somebody. And not just ignore the document, but let the document get in you. Let the word dwell in you richly. Let God's word come alive in you. God's word is alive. But is it alive in us? And the answer is yes, yes, and amen. So you see, under the new covenant, which God has established with the body of Christ through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have rights and we have privileges. This is our bill of rights. This is our covenant of rights. You're not just saved. 
You're not just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You got saved by grace, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in this covenant, we see that we have a right to live in freedom. We have a right to live in freedom. Colossians 1.13 says, He's delivered us from the power of darkness. He's translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. I came to the knowledge that I had a right to be free from drug addictions back in the 70s. It set me free. And it has kept me free. And what God has done for me, He will do for you. And He will do for others. Freedom is a precious thing. Freedom from oppression. Freedom from the spirit of fear. You've got a right to live free from fear. You've got a right to live free from mental oppression. You've got a right to live free from losing your mind. The scripture says that God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Praise God. Say with me, my mind is my mind. I will never lose my mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not living in the fear of failure. I'm living in the faith for a bright future. You got a right. You've got a privilege to live free. Free from sickness and disease. He can take that which is broken and make it whole again. It's scriptural. It's in the word of God. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this, But he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain well-being and peace was upon him. And with his stripes, come on somebody, with his stripes, what are we? We are healed. Hallelujah. Wholeness. Wholeness belongs to you. That's one of my prayers for you on a regular basis. That the very God of shalom, the very God of peace would sanctify you and separate you from things that are profane. And that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body would be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was thinking about that the other morning. I'm going to just say it right now. You know, as a partner with several ministries, I know that those ministries pray for me individually. And I know also that they pray for us corporately as a church because we partner as a church as well. And one of the most faithful men of of God that I know is Brother Copeland. He prays every day for his partners. You know what I decided to do? I said one morning, I just receive right now the prayers from Brother Copeland. I receive it now. It's mine in Jesus' name. And as Pastor Tom and Pastor Nancy and Pastor Brenda, as we are praying for you, it would do you well to say, I receive it. I believe it. And I receive it. It is mine. I have it now. My eyes are flooded with light. My spirit is strong. My body is whole. Glory to God. I'm prospering in every area of my life. Oh, glory to God. Say it with me. Today is my believing day. And it is my receiving day. Hallelujah.
Amen. And you know what else you have a right to? You have a privilege to have your needs met. And for you not to have just enough, but do you have, but for you to have more than enough. He's come that we might have life and have it abundantly to the full till it overflows. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 8 and verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was very poor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became what? That you, through his poverty... See, people hesitate on that. Being rich does not mean being covetous. Being rich does not mean having a superiority attitude toward people that don't have as much as you do. Being rich positions you not only for your needs to be met, but you also to be a conduit of blessing to help other people's needs being met. Folks, it's not so much what you have, it's what has you. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not. Money in the right hands, stewarded by the right person who knows who they are and who are about kingdom business, who are seekers first of the kingdom of God. Money is a precious thing. It is something that can flow through us to be dispensed to the whole world. Amen. Glory to God. And so God's will is for you to have more than enough. It's the grace of God. The NLT says it this way. For you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that by his poverty he could make you rich. My prayer for you is overflow. You want to know what Brenda and I pray for you regularly? Are you ready? In the name of Jesus, every person in our church family has favor with God and man. We declare the blessing of God is upon you and the favor of God surrounds you and the mercy and goodness of God follow you all the days of your life. This church, this family is living in the overflow. And as a result of living in the overflow, we are increasing. Hallelujah. The, the Lord is restoring everything the enemy has stolen from us. He's increasing you with real estate and assets. He's giving you supernatural favor. So say with me, I'm living in the overflow. I have a surplus of prosperity. I am blessed beyond measure. My cup is running over. I'm furnished in abundance. Ooh, are you ready for this one? I receive... Multiple streams of income. How about this? My storehouses are full and overflowing. I'm increasing more and more. It's flood stage. The floodgates of heaven are open. There's hardly enough room to contain it. The blessing flood. Not a trickle, not a stream, not a river. It's flood stage. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's what we believe. That's what we say about you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it may feel like. It's thus saith the Lord. And we say it in the name of Jesus. We don't demand it of God, but we take our place in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and we demand the stupid devil to take his hands off of our money and we loose the angels to go and cause it to come. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I've been given the name above every name. Isn't that what Peter did? He knew what he had and he was so bold to use it. He knew what Jesus meant when he said, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. We see throughout the book of Acts that they walked about and they did good, just like Jesus did when he walked the earth. The Bible says of Jesus that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and doing what? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Amen. The same God that was with Jesus, the same God that anointed Jesus, is the same God that anointed Peter. It's the same God that anointed John. But it is also the same God that has anointed each and every one of you. We need to cultivate this thought in our hearts and our minds. The anointing is in me and the anointing is upon me. Say this with me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord alters and changes the environments that I live in and I walk in. When you are aware of the Spirit of the Lord in you and upon you and among you and flowing through you, it will change atmospheres. It'll change the atmosphere in your home. It'll change the atmosphere in your business place. Why? Because you are a carrier of Christ the Anointed One. And He's in you. And He is the expectation of the glory of God manifesting wherever you are. For He that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit. You're one with Him. He's one with you. Oh, hallelujah. And so in the Acts of the Apostles, you'll see the disciples going about doing good and doing the works that Jesus did and even greater works. Praise God. One area is in Acts chapter 9 where this name again was used to demand a person to be healed. We see in Acts 9, 32 to 35, And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout the quarters, he came down to the saints which dwell at Lydda. And he found there a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ. Everyone say, Jesus Christ. That's the name, right? He spoke it. He didn't stop to fast. He didn't stop to pray. I believe in fasting. I believe in praying. We ought to be fasted up. We ought to be prayed up. But because he was walking with God, he recognized that he had this name. He saw this man sick of the palsy for eight years and he spoke a word. 
There was creative power in the word that he spoke. There was faith in the name that he spoke. And he said, Jesus Christ makes you whole. And I say over you, Jesus Christ makes you whole. And he said, arise and make up that bed. And he arose next Tuesday. He arose immediately. Do you believe with all of your heart that God wants to do some immediate things? I know the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We honor that. We believe in that firmly. But I also believe in instant miracles. And we sang about revival. And in the revival and in the rain and in the awakening, there's going to be some things that are instantly going to happen. Because we're going to come in contact with people that know nothing about Jesus. And God is so good that he will make them whole before they get saved. Well, I thought you had to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost before God would heal you. You got it wrong. He is a healer. Amen. He's no respecter of persons. As a matter of fact, T.L. Osborne said this, that healing is God's dinner bell. That he will work mighty works. And then people will call on the name of Jesus. And they will be made whole in their hearts. Amen? Amen. These guys didn't have some unknown power that we don't have today. I want to refer again. It was the name of Jesus that did it, not their education. It's the name of Jesus that does it, not your fasting. It's the name of Jesus that does it, not because you tithe. No, the name of Jesus is above every name. I believe in tithing. I don't know of a pastor that doesn't believe in tithing. I believe in praying and fasting. But my faith above all is in the name of of Jesus. Everyone say Jesus three times. Jesus. 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 Woo, glory. So the key to their success now is found later in this chapter in Acts chapter 3. This man at the gate beautiful, imagine, he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. They stood there, many of them like this. They could hardly believe their eyes. They were amazed at it. And man, there was a, a, as a result, there was a a revival happening. People were just stirred. Peter got up and preached and he preached the gospel that day. And people heard the gospel and people were ready to turn their lives over to God. But the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious people did not really like what was going on. Because it went crosswise with their religion. There's a lot of things that are going to go crosswise with religion in these last days. Don't be upset by that. Religion is man's search for God. It's ritualism. But Christianity is man's relationship with God. So they got all upset and they took him into question. And notice Acts 13 verse 12 and 13. He said, now why look ye so earnestly on us? Is by our own power, our holiness, we had this made this man to walk. 
Verse 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob and of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice verse 16. Read it with me. Ready? Read. And faith. Verse 16. And and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong and given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Here's what I want you to see. It's not just saying the name of Jesus and carrying it around like a good luck charm. It's not just parroting the name of Jesus. It's having faith. It's having confidence in the name of Jesus. We have the name. And we have faith. We have been dealt the measure of mountain moving faith. Now here's what I've discovered. My faith and your faith can get stronger and can grow. Is that right? And that's why we preach a lot of the same message over and over again through the decades. We're in our 41st year here. He says, well, why are you preaching the same messages? Well, we'll go on to something else when you get it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Drive safely. God bless you. Have a good week. Amen. No, seriously. Faith does not come by having heard. Faith doesn't come... Because you memorized a few scriptures. Faith does not even come because you speak the word of God regularly. But faith comes by hearing. Look at Romans 10, 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I encourage you. In the area of faith in the name, by hearing the word of God, by looking at what God said about his name, feed on scriptures in the epistles. Look at Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11 again and again. Look at James five fourteen again and again. The prayer of faith when it is prayed in the name of Jesus shall save the sick. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 14 and 15, where it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Revelation will come. Your faith will grow. And when the test shows up, you'll not have to call somebody on the phone to do your praying or do your demanding for you, you'll be ready and you'll be able to rise up and speak the word of God in faith. Say with me, there's grace in the name and there's peace in the name. I heard a story yesterday. I want to share it with you real quickly. Then I'm going to read a prophecy that was delivered in 1978. I have a good friend in Southern California. His name is Bayless Conley. He pastors Cottonwood Christian Center, has pastored that for 40 plus years. His son now is actually the lead pastor. And he was sharing an experience that someone had that he had never met before. This person was in Pelican Bay 
which is a very, very high, uh, high security for violent offenders, from what I understand. And he was a very violent person. He wasn't born again. And so he would be night after night being awoken, awakened by these just horrendous violent dreams that he would have. Night after night, just torment. How many of you know that fear is an ugly thing? And the Bible says that fear has torment, right? And so he would go along and he was, had to serve a number of years and just night after night, day after day, just tormenting thoughts. But one night in the middle of his dream, there was a person that showed up in the dream and just smiled at him. And he said, everything is going to be all right. And he really didn't think that much about it. And so the next night he went to sleep, was having these terrible dreams, but the same person showed up, smiled at him, and said, everything is going to be all right. Notice I've got a smile on my face. If you're going through a difficult time, I'm declaring everything is going to be all right. Now, happened night after night after night. And the more it happened the less horrendous, violent dreams he'd be having. It happened repetitively. And he started sleeping well. And he got so good that they moved him from Pelican Bay to a lesser maximum security prison. And one day he was walking by the rec room where some of the prisoners were congregated. And he noticed that they were watching on television a broadcast by Cottonwood Christian Center, Bayless Conley was preaching. Well, some years later, and he gave his heart to the Lord. He, he said, Jesus the Lord invited him to come into his heart. Years later, this guy shows up at Cottonwood. And he came, drove across the state just to say hi to Bayless and to thank him, to thank him for the broadcast. And he gave him this testimony that there was this man that would, I would see in my dream smiling and said, everything's going to be all right. And he said to Bayless, that man was you. How that happens, I don't know. But we serve a God. I said, we serve a God of miracles. We serve a God that can take the most horrendous Sinner and turn them around. We serve a God that can remove torment from our lives. His name is Jesus. His name is above every name. And that's why we need to continue as a congregation to be praying in that name and believing in that name for a supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. Believing God for supernatural miracles. Believing God for supernatural things to happen. Not just when we come together. I thank God for supernatural things that happen when we come together. But we don't live in this building. We live outside of this building. And we need to have an expectation of the supernatural. An expectation of the goodness of God. An expectation, listen to this, of notable miracles. I'm talking about an expectation of Muslims coming to Jesus. 
Jesus is visiting the Muslims in their home. He is appearing to them in their homes in the Middle East. Jesus is Lord and he's about to come back soon. Let us not minimize our experience with Christ just in this building. But let's invite him into every area of our life. Let's cultivate faith in the name of Jesus. Let's cultivate confidence that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I read this in closing from 1978 on the name of Jesus seminar in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which Brenda and I attended. We were married just one year. I had the privilege of taking the name of Jesus, how to be led by the Spirit of God, Ten necessary steps to follow when faith seems weak and victory seems lost. To take those teaching that Brother Hagen would do, bring it into my studio, <laughs> and feed on the Word of God all day long, and decide what I needed to edit in or edit out. It was amazing. But this utterance came, and I believe this utterance is as powerful today as it was in 1978. He says, But yea, come ye, says the Lord, with an open heart. And a mind that is receptive to my word. And the truth of the word shall dawn upon your spirit. And you shall realize that you are thoroughly furnished with all that you need to meet the enemy in combat from day to day. And so thou shalt be victorious, not just once in a while, but every single day of thy life. For thou shalt put the enemy to flight. And thou shalt enjoy victory in every fight. But some would say, oh, that sounds too good to be true. I've tried before to walk in the light of what I thought was God's word. And it just won't work for me. I just don't know what's wrong. Yea, says the Lord, humble thyself before me and before my word. And acknowledge with all sincerity, thy word is truth. And I will stand upon thy word. And I will speak forth thy word. And I will pick up that name with all of its authority and majesty and excellence and glory. Even the name that's above every name. Because that name is mine. And from this day forward, I refuse to relent. I will refuse to be defeated. But I will stand my ground. And enjoy the fullness of all the blessing that belongeth unto me. Yea, saith the Lord, learn all that belongs to you. Study to know. And the Spirit of the Lord unto you will show you the mightiness of His glory, the greatness of His authority, and the reality of His presence. And you shall stand. Everyone stand up. And you shall stand in His name. Say with me, I stand, I stand. In, the in the name of Jesus. I have faith, I have faith. in the name of Jesus. Name. Raise both hands as I read the rest as Pastor Tom comes. And you shall stand in his name. And it shall be a strong tower unto you. For protection against all the storms of life and the onslaughts of the enemy and all that the enemy shall seek to do unto you. You need not to cry out in fear and cry out in desperation, but in all calmness and peace and serenity of heart and mind, you can say the truth I do find. 
Yea, I've found the way of the life and truth. I've found the way of majesty, royalty, and goodness. For Jesus has overcome. And His name with all of its majesty and glory today is the same. And I will exercise my right and I will walk in the light of His word. Say with me, I will exercise my right and I will walk in the light of His word. It's your advantage. It's your advantage. You've been given the name. The name, the name of Jesus.